What's up and welcome back. It's the ANA Sports Show. I am your host, Anthony Cortez, and I'm joined alongside my two good friends and co-hosts, Mr. Alexander Ashley. What's going on, fellas? And Mr. Kevin Rowe. You're welcome. Appreciate you showing up, Kevin. It means a lot. Oh, as always, dude. Yeah, always. Um, so I saw an interesting, uh, well, not interesting post on Instagram, I'm just going to say, because it's, uh, it's, re- it's news, but it's... Uh, News came out today that Aaron Boone got a three-year extension with the Yankees. I sent it to Alex on Instagram as soon as I saw it and just said, interesting. And we started a little conversation there, and we wanted to talk about it today. Um, so I said a couple weeks ago – I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before or whenever we recorded last. But um, Aaron Boone's not your guy. At least to me, he wasn't. And I also said, you know, what do I know? Because I'm just a guy that does a sports podcast and pretend to know what I'm talking about. But – just looking from afar as a, you know, not Yankee fan at all, seeing what they've done over the past two or three years, whatever, whatever time he's been there, he's just not your guy. Um, who is the guy? Don't know, but he's not it. Um, so I wanted to talk about it today because Alex and I were talking uh, today about what do you do if you're the Yankees? Because you, like, you can't go into a full rebuild. Because one, well, let's let's back up a little bit. So the big news was Aaron Boone signing for a three-year contract. With the question being, what's the reason behind that? Why did the Yankees sign Boone when, for all intents and purposes, a lot of people, not just Anthony, I would imagine a lot of the New York faithful would agree that Boone isn't the guy to do it. I think we saw somewhere that he would be the only. Yankees coach re-signed after not making it to like a World Series or a CS in his first four years. So historically, he's not making it a, like he's not he's not up to snuff. Um, but whatever reason, the Yankees decided to extend his contract, but yet cut. I think it was their third base coach and their pitching coach. I think it was the pitching coach. Um, so kind of what is the reason behind it and and how? How do we envision them moving forward to some degree, which is kind of where you're getting into now? Yeah. So I, yeah, like I was saying today with Alex, okay. So you're re-signing Boone, who I guess is your guy. You're committed to him. Where do you, like Alex says, where do you go from here? Because it's not a, it's not a rebuild. Do you just, this, because this tells me you're just content with buying pieces because you're the Yankees and you can, and, and staying pat and going for it with, you know, with your bombers that you have, with your stands, with your judges, with your um, – I don't even know if Rizzo or Gallo will be part of the team next year. Uh, Gallo we discussed uh, as a free agent. Uh, Rizzo, I'm not sure what this contract situation is like. But, you know, you have your guys there that, you know, can hit but have struggled and, you know, they've struggled with consistency. And you know you have your you have your Garrett Coles, but who else do you have? You know, are you going to go buy another pitcher? Are you going to go buy another big bat? Like, what do you what do you do? Because it's not it hasn't worked. You know, yes, you've gotten to the World Series and you've gotten you've gotten you've made deep playoff runs the past couple of years, and you know you can't help. Well, I don't know. You can't help inconsistency, or you, I don't know. You can't help timely hitting by other by other. Um, uh, teams but just where do you go from here because it's not if it's not a if it's not a full rebuild 
what's what are the options and as alex said earlier we might have not been taping yet but you know you can buy pieces because almost every other team in the league does buy pieces like that's you know it's not just the yankees but every team out there yes pretty much for the most part goes and buys pieces and trades pieces to you know to win and yes that is part of the game but and I only, I'm only bringing this up, and I only wanted to talk about this today because I can't remember the last time the Yankees were actually in a rebuild mode. Because throughout all of my, throughout all of our childhoods, I shouldn't say just mine, throughout all of our childhoods, it felt like the Yankees were the team to beat, you know, for a while there in the '90s with with Jeter. And you know, just recently in the past five, ten years, they've been just a contender. And I say just a contender, but you know, they went from being top tier to now just a contender but like i just can't remember a time when they were actually committed to a rebuild because they didn't have to rebuild they were that team so now where do you where what happens like what happens with the yankees because i just don't know i don't see it i don't see where you go they need to make changes that's for sure i love house time because in the very same sentence, he uh, contradicts himself, or in the same couple sentences, he contradicts himself in this regard. He says, we have a person, manager, and Aaron Boone who possesses the baseball acumen and widespread respect in our clubhouse to continue to guide us forward. As a team and as an organization, we must grow, evolve, and improve. We need to get better, period. You're seeing this in a, in a, a press release? About the manager you just resigned, we need to get better. Period. That's not something you say after you resign the manager you've had for the last four years. This is something you say after you fire the manager. <laughs> you know, well, that's, unless you don't think he's the problem. Yeah, and that's kind of what I brought up to Alex today. Is like, okay, is the front office the problem? And I and I said this uh, over text to Alex, like. Is the front office problem to where you don't even care? And Alex replied, you know, well, of course they care. You know, that's their job. Well, I, I, I'll read you a quote from the front office. Brian Cashman said, I thought Aaron Boone was part of the solution. He wasn't a problem or the problem. I think Aaron brings a lot of great qualities. He's a great baseball mind, comes from an amazing family that has a history in this industry for quite some time. Um. So you're rehiring him for his acumen, <laughs> for his legacy? Uh, okay. He, yes, he took your Yankees to the playoffs the past four years. Um, but he inherited a team because that team went to the ALCS the previous year under Joe Girardi. So don't tell me he just he built this team up from scratch, you know. It's the same team. <laughs> They just haven't gotten any better. They're standing pat. They're making changes because they fired third base coach Phil Nevin. They fired their hitting coach, and they fired their assistant assistant hitting coach. So they're making changes, but I think it's got to start at the top. It's and it's not just boom. I think you need to get rid of Cashman. Kevin, let me ask you this. Well, this is a question for both of you because <clears throat> I brought it up to Alex today. If you can't go into a full reboot, rebuild, 
Is that because you fear that the perception of the of the Yankees could change? If you're the front office, you I mean if you don't want to commit to a rebuild, would that change the perception of how other team of how the rest of the league looks at the Yankees for like I said, for I mean for pretty much all of their existence, for all of our childhoods, the Yankees have been the top dogs. They've been top tier, they've been the gold standard of, you know, I don't want to say how to, you know, of how to go about running an organization, but they've they're the Yankees. They're expected to win. Do their expectation are their expectations different than all of the teams in the league to you? Yes, their expectations are bigger. And it's not because of that they're the Yankees. It's the fact that they're in New York. You look at the other teams in other leagues. You look at the Mets. They are a laughing stock um, in the in the United States. You look at the Jets and the Giants. They are a laughing stock in the United States. You look at the Knicks. The fact that they made the playoffs this past year was a miracle to everybody. <clears throat> They've been a laughing stock to this league. You look at the New York Rangers, New York Islanders. Any team in New York that does not compete, they get destroyed for. The, any team in that city cannot afford to rebuild. Otherwise, they will be crushed by the media for the, for the country, not to mention local media and local fans. The expectations in New York are so much higher, period. There is no room for a rebuild. And when you're the class of excellence, the um, staple of winning baseball as a brand, as the Yankees, there's no, there is no room to rebuild. You can't. You will be crushed for it. And like answers my question, changes, it changes the perception of how other teams look at you and look at you in the league. If yes. you do, if you did decide to go that route, they're not the big bad Yankees. They're not the big bad Yankees anymore. They're just, they're just the Yankees. And you know what? I think other teams look at them as that. But those that are not in part of baseball, that are not actually part of the industry, yeah, I mean, <laughs> anything that's not Yankee excellence is frowned upon. Alex, feel free to chime in whenever. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I keep trying to talk. I was like, why are you talking over me? Okay. Uh, so there's a couple things I think that we need to, uh, I guess, consider when we're talking about this. Number one, yeah, the location. In New York, expectations are different. I mean, you want to talk about being a laughing stock. Um, the New York Knicks for quite a while have been really terrible, uh, but they are the third most valuable brand as a team in the world at $5 billion, um, followed up by FC Barcelona, who is arguably the world's largest soccer club, uh, which is a worldwide sport. And I guess basketball is too to some degree, um, but definitely probably most popular, especially the Knicks in particular here. And it's because of the brand that they built, much like the Yankees did. So the Yankees are above the Knicks, both in New York, at $5.25 billion, right? So it's, it's, a, it's an appearance. It's a brand. It's, it's no longer just winning seasons, winning baseball. It's now making 
everybody who's invested in Yankees anything money at that point because it, it became um, to some degree almost more important, right? We associate Yankees and money together. That's just kind of hand in hand. Um, but number two, I think you also kind of have to think a little bit about what do you define as a um, uh, 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 like a rebuild. Um, you could, I'm not saying that they have gone through a rebuild or are going through a rebuild, but what I am saying is if Joey Gallo, Brett Gardner are two of the three of your outfield, like, I know you're working for better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, neither one of those guys are exactly, like, the winner. You know what I mean? Brett Gardner's been around for a while. And they he like Brett he, Gardner. They like Brett Gardner. They um, gave away pieces for Gallo. <laughs> yeah. Which tells me they thought Gallo was a piece to help them, not to help them rebuild. Right. Uh, I don't see somebody picking up Joey Gallo ever and going, yeah, this guy's going to be the one to put us over top. I just, that, I don't know what they did. I think they, analytics said you need more lefty quasi power hitters. And so they picked him up because you have to hit home runs, be a power hitter. And where the fuck you at Joey Gallo? Um, well, they needed left-handed power period because of honestly, left-handers have an easier time hitting home runs in Yankee Stadium yes, they do. than right-handers do. And that's nice. why they picked up that Gallo. Nice that's why they traded for Rizzo. Yes, I agree. Um, because of the Hudson River airflow, it is much easier to hit a home run out of Yankee ballpark as a left-handed hitter. In short uh, courts, too. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so they thought that was going to help. And I think that's probably more of an analytic thing than a seeing eye thing. Because you look at Joey Gallo and you're like, there's no fucking way. You know what I mean? There's no way. So. You know, you can't tell me that Gio Ursula, Glabier Torres, and Gary Sanchez are exactly, like, up to Yankee standard for the most part. I think what you're saying is when the Yankees buy really good players, they're trying to fix something. So I think it's almost like they're kind of constantly in a rebuild, but it's not going from zero to 100. It's going from, like, 90 to 100. They're trying to get back up to that championship standard. You know what I mean? And maybe it's one of those things where we define a rebuild for the Yankees differently than we define a rebuild for like the Rangers. Uh, but it's not fucking working for the Rangers. It doesn't work for a lot of people. You know what I mean? You just see people kind of caught in this cycle constantly. Um, Cause like well, the three people that you named, I think all three of them are all stars. Um, I don't think. I'll Sanchez have... was an all-star at one point. Torres was an all-star at one point, and I think Urshela made it too. Kevin, in all fairness, though, the I mean, I'm not knocking all-star nods. Would you put, yeah, it's it's a it's a popularity contest, and we make that distinction literally every year. Thank literally you. every starters year we talk are, about starters are popularity contest. The the backups are determined by the coaches and the and the players. Eh, fair, but ninety percent of it is a is a popularity contest. If if guys don't know your names, if fans don't know who you are, they're not going to vote for you. If they know who you are, they're going to vote. You know, it's like, do they know your name? Do they know the name Gio or Sella? Do they know the name Glaber Torres? Yes, because they're the Yankees. Sorry, that's that's my two cents there. 
and I agree with that to an extent. Like I said, starters are made are is a popularity contest. Easy by far and away. I agree with you 100% on that. Ursula has not been an all-star, but Torres and Sanchez have both been all-stars. Okay. I don't think either one of those were starters. I think those were picked up by coaches. Because I think Salvi's been the starter for the American League the past, like, five years or something like that. And Torres was a backup to uh, Altuve, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. Don't look it up, Alex. It's okay, dude. Oh, by the way, Gary Sanchez, who was an all-star, has had a batting average above 275. Once? Twice? Yeah. Well, yeah. Twice, 299 <laughs> in 2016 and 278. Since then, it's been 186, 232, 147, and 202. Um, so it's definitely not for his batting. So defensively, okay. And let's look at Mr. Torres, who was All-Star his first two years, but not in 2020 or 2021. Oh, he's also Rookie of the Year, third place in 2018. So, yeah, you can see why he'd be an All-Star. But, man, it sure does look like he's getting worse. Yeah. Both of them. These these players, I mean, yeah, they were, used to be All-Stars, but, I mean, they've diminished. Yeah, quickly. Yeah. Because one's been playing for five years and one's been playing for four years. Uh so I Honestly, will reiterate my point. Neither one of them are up to Yankee standard anymore, I guess, for the past at least two plus years. Uh, fairness, yeah. I would say LeMayu would be. I would say Rizzo would be. Not this past year, would, no. Who? LeMayu. He didn't have a good year this year either. Uh, 268 batting average. Compared to LeMahieu standards, the one that won the batting sure. title the previous no, no, year. No, I, no, I agree. I'm just looking at his stat. I'm not saying like that's the thing that made him not. I was just reading his stats. Um, and Rizzo's been on the decline the past like three years. Yeah, he wasn't very good when he got though either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you could even technically say they might even be in a rebuild now because if you really look at all the people, yeah! have, it's my game. Sorry. How, how far ahead are you? I saw it just right now, too. So, yeah, I think we have to consider what exactly a rebuild is. Having names isn't necessarily means you're not rebuilding. Uh, you know what I mean? So I think the question that we have to ask is, what do they think is going to change? You know what I mean? And I'm almost wondering at this point, Boone is not actually – the one who's leading the charge on most things. So he may have control of the clubhouse, but he doesn't make any of the choices. And so they're leaving him there because it's like, well, you don't mess up anyway. You know what I mean? We have a guy yeah, in we're... analytics who tells you what to do all the time. So as long as everybody likes you and you're a good face for the Yankees, then why not? And he is, you know, uh, what, 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 he's a good, to some degree. He's a good player's coach. He's very much like Alex Corey. He's a very good player's coach. Yeah. He's very vocal. He's very friendly with his players. He's He'll stand up for his players. And the fact that he's a legacy for the Yankees, he's a, a, a hero for the Yankees back in 2003 when he hit the walk-off home run that sent him uh, to the World Series. Uh, he's beloved in New York. So I think that's one of, the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why he got an extension for three years is because, I mean, he is a Yankee. He is – 
he is a New York Yankee through and through. Yeah, I, I you know. I, I, I agree with this. that, but it's not going to get you a ring. I tell you what, if the Cubs improve, I could see the same thing happening to David Ross, just for the sole fact he's a Chicago hero. You know? So let me ask this, Anthony. Why do you not assume that the Yankees will win by getting players? Because, again, we make this point, so does everybody else. There are very few teams that have a, like, majority homegrown team. You know what I mean, the Astros may be one of the best examples of it in having, like, four of these guys who came up through their farm system. You know right. I mean? But, like, who, who, who else is like that? And it's successful. Who else is like that and is successful? Like buys pieces, you mean? No. Who else has a like a core homegrown team that is successful? I mean, just recently the Astros. That's what I said. So besides them. Tampa oh, sorry. Bay. Who? Tampa Bay. Okay. Are they not money ball? Aren't they moving guys around a lot? Yeah, Wasn't their whole thing that they're trading and getting rid of pieces is not necessarily homegrown as much as it is just buying guys to fit certain positions? Well, the, the ones that they're trading for are a lot of the people that they've traded for are minor leaguers that, uh, in the upper tiers of the minor leagues that they've traded uh, stars for to get, and they've excelled. excelled. Uh, case in point, uh, when they got rid of Blake Snell. And they got Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows in return. Two of their key pieces in last year's run. They got Tyler Glass now from the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2018. Not Snell. Um, yeah, but not, not Snell. It was uh, Chris Archer. When they traded uh, Archer to Pittsburgh, is when they got Glassnow and they got Austin Meadows. Glassnow was already playing in the league. Wait, what do you what, say that again? Sorry, say the whole thing again. Glassnow and Austin Meadows were they were either minor league or just came up to the major leagues very recently with Pittsburgh. He, uh, he had been playing in Pittsburgh for two years before then. Okay, so I mean it. it so they're both major leaguers. You know, I mean, the only one I can really think of for them is Wander. Well, that was a mid-season trade, so what, a year and a half? Uh, two and a half years at that point. Two and a half, okay. Yeah. But they hadn't fully established themselves in Pittsburgh, and they traded for them, and they became stars in Tampa two Bay. Two and a half years? Doesn't establish you? The way they played in Pittsburgh hadn't established them. Sure, they developed more. I would agree with that. Um but, but I'm talking like the talent from the bottom able, to the top. Yeah, they recognized the talent and were able to uh, build that talent and okay. pull it out of them. That might be a little bit of a stretch, just a little bit, because that could happen also literally anywhere. And it has happened in lots of places. Guys go to a different yeah, team and then just are inherently better, um, especially when they're already in the league. Again, Wander Franco, I think, is the best example of them going – for me, homegrown. You know what I mean? Agreed. Uh, who else? I guess maybe the Jays are kind of homegrown-y. Guerrero, Brissette. Biggio. Uh, Biggio. 
And they almost made it to the playoffs. Yeah, I would say their core, but I mean, their most of their pitching is trades. Sure, I would agree. But see, that's kind of my like. We're struggling to find a team where they develop their team. Everybody buys pieces. Everybody gets pieces. So what is it about the Yankees that you're like, no, they'll never do it? I'm not saying they'll never do it, but I'm saying it. It like you've you've been trying to do it for the past how many years, and it's not working. Well, so honestly, I disagree with you though. a little bit on that because they have some homegrown talent that would be in the in the likes of Aaron Judge. You yeah. know, Aaron Judge was homegrown. I think Glaber Torres was homegrown too. Correct. I, mean, I think Torres and Ursula might be. Yeah. Gary Sanchez too. Yeah. And All those of those guys were homegrown. <laughs> and you had Brett Gardner's been a Yankee forever. Right. Uh, so, I mean, they haven't gone out and bought everybody, but they've gone out and bought a lot. They went out and gave 300 and whatever million it was to Cole. I think it was 345 over nine, right? He threw a stink bomb in the wild card game. Uh, See, like, a, a bad outing doth not never winning a championship make. You know I did I mean? mention he was one of the five pitchers that have more than 15 wins this year. <laughs> yeah, because he was great. You know what I mean? He didn't he have a bad season. In the first half. He had a bad outing. You know what I mean? He had a couple bad outings in the second half. But one of the only pitchers to go 15 wins, I mean, that's saying something. Yeah. And he did have wins in that second half, too. You know what I mean? Like, I think the reason that we think so negatively of that is because all of our players go to the Yankees at some point if they're good. And that's a negative connotation that's just been carried over since, like, the 80s and 90s. You know what I mean? Like, you can pick a good player from every team, and they've pretty much gone over there. When Paxton was good for – just in our league alone, A-Rod went over there. Cole went over there. Paxton – from the Mariners went over there, and that's just an R league. You know what I mean? Teixeira. Teixeira, another great example. Like, Ichiro. Just they have the, huh? Ichiro. Sabathia. Yeah, Ichiro, Sabathia. Just because now, Ichiro went over there at the end of where the money yeah. is doesn't mean they're never going to win. And like you said, I mean, sustained success is just – that says something. And it's hard to win. It's hard to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ichiro not, went over there in the tail end of his career was not really a big piece for them. Sure. But Sabathia was huge for them. He still went for a while. while. Pettit went over there. Pettit went over Clemens there. Clemens went over there. Yep. Well, I thought Pettit was actually homegrown. No, he started off as an Astro. Didn't he start no, off he as didn't. an Astro? No, well, he, he didn't. Was, he was an Astro. He was, but he was a Yankee first, and then he went back to New York. Was he? Yes. Oh. Interesting. All right. I don't know. To Alex, to answer your question, like, I guess my perception of the, like of them trying to to win based off of what they've been doing hasn't been working. So my, you know, my brain just automatically goes like, I don't care who you go and buy, you know, it's not going to work because it hasn't worked. But I guess that just goes back to the like the expectations discussion. Like the expectations of the Yankees are just different than all you know every other every other team in the league. That's just they're just different. Like, so would they need to be a more complete team before they went and bought somebody for you to be like, yeah, that's the ticket. They're gonna win now. Like, I'm curious. Like, what? Like, what? What? What is it? 
What you got, Kevin? Andy Pettit was drafted in the 22nd round by the Yankees. Okay. So he was homegrown. Nice. nice. Thanks. You know, I've, I've been, I would say, I, I've wanted to say forever that we need a fact checker. We don't even need fact checkers because we're all just fact checkers for ourselves. Anyways, Google. Google. Google's our fact checker. I don't know. Having a fact checker might be nice, though. It, eventually, maybe one day we'll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be nice. I don't know. That was a conversation. Yeah. Um, like, I think we all just think of them way too negatively. You know what I mean? I think I I think what my brain tells me, uh, as you like to say, is like ever since you lost Jeter, and ever since you lost like your core guys, ever since you know you lost Mo, you lost Jeter, you lost all those guys. It's just been they've been to, in a rebuild. <laughs> it's, been, it's been trying to get back to there, trying to get back to there. You know, trying to go for ninety to hundred. Oh, I know. Oh, thank you. Keep going. I love this. Keep going. Did you see what I mean? Like, you see what I mean? Yeah, yes, I do. As I guess, a matter of fact. I mean, for the longest time, I guess Jeter was keeping that team together, and those core guys were keeping that team together. And since you lost all those guys, even Girardi. Girardi was a part of that core for a while. Or not part of the core, but, he, you know, he was part of that team for a while. You lost him. I guess you're just – you're trying to get back to that place. And, you know, until – until you're perceived as, and so I guess, okay, a good way to look at this is until like until you we, until we look at you like we look at, look at the Dodgers, although they're trailing two to one right now. Until we look at you that way, you know, okay, yes, you have Chapman who can throw 100 plus, but I mean, guys learn how to catch up to 100 plus. You know, you have Cole, he's you know he's shown he's vulnerable, but until you get to that level where you have just you know. A lineup of you know just just boom just just nothing but weapons nothing nothing but guys that you have to worry about. I don't mean like oh you you can give up a one run home run and be okay, you know. And you have a stacked lineup. I guess that's what I that's what I mean. Like until you get to that point where you're looked at as oh shit they're the Yankees again, you know. Right now they're not. They're just the Yankees. But you know what? It wasn't that long ago we were looking at the late Yankees and their offense, and it was like, oh, it's the baby bombers. And sure enough, they were led the league in like home runs and everything like that. It was, I think that was 2017. Yeah, it was like, I think we have been thinking of them like that. And I think we thought of that them now too, a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't Having think a the down issue, year. I don't think the issue in New York is the names. I think the, the issue are the money and the names. I think the issue in New York is who they're giving the money to, you know, go ahead and get your names, but there's not a lot of different guys in that lineup that you need. I think what you've seen a lot of is a lot of strikeouts, a lot of home runs, low batting averages, pretty much up and down that lineup with the exception of maybe LeMahieu, you know? Um, you think, sorry to interrupt. They need some on base guys. And that's the problem with the sport today is, a lot of teams are going away from the on-base guys. But as you're seeing in these playoffs right now, um, Houston, Boston, Tampa Bay, they're teams that don't strike out a lot, put the ball in play, and capitalize on mistakes. They don't rely on the home run ball. All Conversely, those I was going to say, but also uh, the in, in the bottom six teams, uh, four of the six teams – 
that had the lowest ground ball percentage, so lowest amount of balls hit literally on the ground, are all playing in the postseason right now. So all of these guys don't necessarily put it on the ground. You know what I mean? They, they These guys smash. You know what I mean? All these guys, all these teams have a lot of power too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they're getting good power, but the you know, thing with it too is it's not always home runs with them. Sure. Some of it's gap to gap. True. <clears throat> you know, hitting those doubles, hitting those bloop singles into the outfield. Sometimes that's all it takes is stringing, stringing together a few hits and you're scoring runs. And that's what you need in the playoffs. That's what you need for sustained success is uh, bat to ball skills. And if you don't have that, you're going to have some issues. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what the Yankees' problem is, is I think there's a lot of missing bat-to-ball skills in that lineup. Do you think also – and this will, this will be my last point because we're running out of time. But do you think also some of the issue might be front office? I think that's a big part of it is because of who they're giving the money to and who's making those decisions on who they give the money to. Kind of where my it's kind of where my thinking goes to, but I'm just getting annoyed of all the money ball. I love money ball. I hate the fact of too much money ball. A la Yankees. I love money ball when it comes to uh, Tampa Bay, Oakland, uh, Mm. getting quality out of non, not a non. What is it? Non eight figure players, you know. You're getting it out of seven-figure players when every other team is paying eight figures for these stars. I love seeing teams that can get the most out of players, you know, and then and actually pull the out all their round. potential. Do what? And then lose in the first round. Well, Tampa Bay didn't make the World Series last year. Alex, would you want to see more homegrown, or would he – I don't know. Just, I don't know. I think at this point, analytics is far too ingrained to go away, which is fine. I think analytics is fine, but I think a lot of people are relying too heavily on it. You know what I mean? I agree. Let me tell you, as an Astro fan, I love seeing homegrown. I love seeing uh, players spend their whole careers as a, in a one place. I love seeing Bagwell as an Astro his entire career. Yeah, he was started in the Red Sox system, but as a professional, he was always an Astro. I love seeing Biggio his entire career in Houston. Drafted by the Astros, retired with the Astros. I love seeing players like that stick with the team. Derek Jeter in New York, you know, because it's just – it's cool to watch these players help a franchise grow and succeed. Um, you're seeing it with Altuve, Correa right now, and uh, Bregman. Gurriel even, even though he came into the league late in his, it, when he was in his 30s uh, from Cuba, spent his entire year with the Astros, or in his entire major league career with the Astros. Um, I just like seeing that. I, I, just, I think it's more fun for me that way than seeing a team go out and spend money and try to build that way. It's more fun to, you know, to follow those guys, too. They're, they're you know, being homegrown, you know. I can That's why I love Trout. Yeah, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you want to see them be successful so badly, man, you know. 
one of the greatest on the one of the greatest on the planet, if not the greatest. And you know, he chooses his, you know, by all means, that's his. Those are his wishes. But God, yeah. those, guys, those guys need a win for him. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't think any less of Trout if we went to another franchise and won a World Series. But it would mean so much more to me personally if he won as an Angel, yeah. even though it would, it would be at the expense of the Astros. It would mean for me if he got his championship as an Angel versus a Yankee. <laughs> I, just, I can't see him in the pinstripes. I just can't. I don't know. That's just me, though. But anyways. All right, boys. Well, this was. Huh? I don't think he's. I don't think he's going anywhere. If he did, then everybody in LA would destroy the Angels. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, boys. Well, it's getting late. Let's get out of here. Uh, continue to be good to yourself and be good to each other out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't sex and drive. With that, we will see you later. Peace. See ya. <laughs>